We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's up, everybody? This is KCSN Update, our daily Chief show and podcast here at KC Sports Network. Thanks for hanging out. I'm DJ Kissel, and I will soon be joined by ESPN's Matt Miller for his Stock Up, Stock Down report. Since we missed last week with Matt, it'll be a little bit about the Bengals game, but a lot looking forward to Super Bowl 57, the matchup between the Chiefs and the Eagles, the Andy Reid storylines, the Kelsey Brothers storylines. Just there's so much to discuss with this game. It is going to be, let's be honest, it's going to be the longest week of the year for Chiefs fans. We're recording this episode on Sunday, and it just feels weird for there not to be football. Uh, cannot wait. Again, this is going to be a brutal week, but uh, hopefully we'll help you pass some time with uh, a number of podcasts uh, this week getting ready for that matchup. But before we bring on Matt, you know the deal. We're going to get a quick word from our presenting sponsor of KCS and Update, our friends over at DraftKings. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. Check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 5 and 8 p.m. Central Standard Time to see what prop bet will be boosted. Chiefs are currently one and a half point dogs to the Eagles with an over under of 50 and a half points. We'll get Matt's thoughts on that here in just a few minutes, but there are a lot of super fun prop bets. Make sure you check out the KC Laboratories bonus special episode on the Super Bowl prop bets uh, that'll be posting on Monday morning. But download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code KCSN as new customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's welcome on Mr. Matt Miller from ESPN. Matt, since we missed you last week, let's get quick thoughts on the conference championship games uh, between your beloved San Francisco oh, 49ers. I, I'm just going to say that I've had a, enough people ask me about the Eagles pass rush and how good, and don't get me wrong, I mean, they're setting NFL records. It's unbelievable what they're doing. And I'm, I know we're yeah. going to talk about that. But my my answer has always been, hopefully we don't try and block Reddick with a tight end. And I think maybe then everything will be okay. I'm sorry if that's salt in an open wound. But can I get your thoughts on the conference championship games? Well, definitely don't try to block him with a backup tight end. Like if you're going to block a <laughs> Reddick with a tight end, at least use the damn starter would be where I would start. <laughs> you know, BJ, I was on with you. I picked the Eagles to win that game. And – I watching it, you know, my, my mom and dad, wife, kids are watching the game with me. Christian McCaffrey jerseys on, nervous. I'm like ready to go. And then, you know, 10 minutes in, Brock Purdy gets hurt. And it just is like, oh my gosh. And all my friends start texting me, like, oh, we feel so bad for you. And I think that's the thing. It's like 
it's not one of those situations like you know i'm a huge texas longhorns fan and mm-hmm. it reminds me of they you know they make it back to the national championship post vince young they're going to play this alabama team and they, they match up against them really well and colt mccoy gets hurt early in the game and you just see it slip away that's how i felt as a niners fan last weekend watching that game slip away but here's the weird thing about it i had zero like stress anger anxiety mm-hmm. because it, it just that clarity hits you of we're not going to win this game, especially yeah. once Josh Johnson got knocked out. And it's like, Hey, they literally can't throw the ball. And my, my mom is so supportive. I love her. She's like, Hey, this, there's a lot of time they can come back. I'm like, mom, they can't throw the ball. They literally cannot yeah. throw the ball. That's like, it's not going to happen. So it was fun watching it. Uh, hats off to the Eagles. That is a great team. I know we're going to talk a lot about them. You guys are going to talk a lot about them this week. Chiefs-Bengals, I thought, was a really, really good football game. It was a really fun game to watch kind of the the back and forth a little bit. Um, Patrick Mahomes remains, I mean, heroic the way that he plays. To have this team, just to watch the receivers just drop. You know, it's like me, Cole gets hurt. Tony gets hurt. It's like you hate to see it, right? But from a, from a standpoint of it's almost the perfect ending to this MVP season for Mahomes to continually yeah. show – doesn't matter who's out there at receiver anymore. Just does. I, I don't know that it matters as long as he's got some guys out there to throw to. Marcus Kemp was in the game, BJ. Like that's how. That's, that's how my far guy. On the depth chart, right? And, and I love Marcus good, Kemp. Good, I love good that dude. Marcus that he got in the game. But I mean, the guy's playing starter minutes. Some things have not gone the way you want them to. Much like you know, you got Christian McCaffrey wearing a quarterback wristband. Things have not gone your way when that happens. So. I was happy for the guys to get to quiet the Burrowhead talk and, and, you know, to yeah. show that as much as the previous, you know, teams that have made the Super Bowl have been based on Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek. This was Frank Clark. This was Chris Jones. It was the, the young DBs making big plays. Man, everybody. That was a, a, a real team win. And there's nothing better than that one week before or two weeks before the Super Bowl showing that you're all clicking together. We talk about it in Kansas City all the time, but like if there's a, not a better example of Mahomes just being that dude, that's the game. Like that's the game. Yeah. And I, I know people are kind of you get tired of people. Like people are good for so long that you get kind of tired of them. And then I think nationally you just wait for the next guy. You're like looking for the next guy to step up. Absolutely. The problem with yeah. the problem with Mahomes, he's 27. Like he's gonna right. be this guy in this for 10. I mean, as long as he Tom Brady's 18 years older than him right. and right. he was still playing football. So it's going to be like this for a very, very long time. And games like that game against the Bengals and what Mahomes did hitting 18.4 miles per hour in that scramble, like his fastest run of his career with a bum wheel. Like it just, you can't, yeah. we could sit here and try to describe it and come up with different words for it. Uh, you can't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna swear here. I'm gonna tell a quick Marcus Kemp story because one of my favorite Marcus Kemp stories because he he had bounced around. He'd been a practice squad. He had been around for years uh, with the team before he had stepped up. Similar to like Jody Fortson, where he had been around. Yeah. And I think it was maybe been like a Steelers game. It was home. It was when I was with the Chiefs, and I remember Marcus Kemp like catching kickoff returns, like warming up before the game. And he, I was walking by him. He's looked at me and he's kind of gave me a fist pump. And I was like, "Man, you excited? Like, how you feeling?" He goes, "I pardon my language. Just, I'm so." fucking nervous <laughs> like just like so i was like hey dude you'll be fine like it'll be cool um, right obviously got no i got more comfortable but i'll never forget that first game of him just wide-eyed you forget that sometimes these people are human beings and playing in an nfl game for yeah. the first time right uh, hits him differently but uh such a good dude so seeing him make a catch you know like he did uh stepping in there and and being yeah. not even just catching a ball that was thrown him but being in the right spot uh, for Mahomes to be able to find him and make a play like that, uh, big time for him. Hopefully, uh, Juju and Kadarius Tony and those guys continue to progress. Sounds like Coach Reed's expressed optimism this whole time, uh, at least this whole week. Uh, that, or yeah. I should say, last week, uh, that they should be good. We'll know Wednesday when that that next injury report comes out. Um, you know where they're at, or you know any other information. There's so much media talk down there that we'll we'll know kind of where they stand. Before we'll that. know now, quickly. Yeah. Yes, there's enough people sniffing around, and there's one game, and it's the biggest one. Yeah. And, and Vegas needs to get those lines correct. Uh, so I'm going to go to your DraftKings Sportsbook app, place those bets. Those things need to be up to date, uh, which we saw last week with the line shifting every time we had practice yeah. footage from Mahomes spinning and and walking downstairs, and it looked like, oh, he's not limping, and the line would change again. 
Uh, it's right. crazy how that all works. But Matt, let's get your stock up, stock down report. Um, let's start with stock up. Uh, <laughs> I joke when I sent the outline before, but we'll start uh, with the Chiefs running game. What do you like about where that's at right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we saw, again, against Cincinnati, Isaiah Pacheco just remains a monster. And, you know, I was, I was, I'm coming back from the Senior Bowl, and it's funny how much his name gets brought up, BJ. You'd be sitting or, you know, having a, an evening drink with a scout, and they're like, hey, who's, the, who's this year's Pacheco? Who's this year's Damian Pierce or Tyler Algier? And his name is, is out there now. Everybody wants that. Who's the round seven guy that's going to run through a brick wall? And I, I do yeah. think that will be important this week, whether no matter how many receivers are up or down. The you know, one thing, BJ, we saw, you know, the 49ers do against the Eagles that actually worked was running the ball. You know, Christian McCaffrey had that great run in the second quarter. This is a team that can be run on. You, you mentioned it. With Philly, it's all about the pass rush and the historic numbers they have there, and they're really good. If there is a weakness, and I'm, a, I'm not saying they're bad at this, but if there's a weakness for Philly's defense, I think it, it probably is the linebackers, you know. And so getting to that second mm-hmm. level, Pacheco's strength, his agility, that's going to show up. And, I mean, Jet McKinnon still is part of this offense. I mean, he's one of the team's best receivers. I think we've been saying that for half the season at this point. But mm-hmm. I do think that spark he brings in the run game, the speed, it hasn't been used as much, right? We haven't seen a ton of carries. But I think this is one of those games where you you want to see these guys run the ball. And, and they're both positioned really really well to i think have an edge on philly's defense one of the things that i remember talking about and being around coach reed and really studying the film not as i don't do it as much anymore check out the lab those guys are all into it but one thing i do know is that obviously there's nobody better in the game right now offensively at disguising and coming up with game plans than andy reed i mean he's top three in nfl history and wins for a reason and one thing that he loves to do not that I've talked to him, but what I've gathered from paying a lot of attention over the years is that when your linebackers, when that second level struggles, the amount of pre-snap motion and different things that he will do to try and put stress or get communication or get guys just a little bit out of space is, is unbelievable. And so the more pre-snap motion you see, the more you know that Andy Reid feels like they have an advantage at the second level of getting those guys either to miscommunicate, be out of pocket, get their their coverage um, alignments just a little bit off or a little bit confused, create that indecision. And then the same thing with the defensive linemen. We saw it in the earlier game with Nick Bosa, how frustrated he was and that he was unblocked at times. They were going laterally, all the jet sweep, the ghost action, all the crazy motion stuff has nothing to do with anything other than really trying to get Hassan Reddick and Fletcher Cox or Brandon <laughs> Graham, get those guys to think you can't stop them, but if you can right. get them to hesitate for a second, it's the same kind of deal uh, that you can give yourself a chance to be successful. And so you're talking about the running game. I just think if the linebackers are the area that you feel like you might have an ability to have some success manipulating in some way, it's pre-snap motion and it's, um, you know, at the snap motion of the jet sweep and all those different things, just to get him something else to think about. And I think it helps that you have one of the smartest, most instinctive quarterbacks in the NFL at, at number mm-hmm. 15, but also, you know, what, what makes Patrick so different is how well he sees the field, you know? And so it's not, like you said, there's gonna be a ton of pre-snap motion on both sides. They both do that really, really well. But I think it's, it's Patrick's ability to get the team in the right position, you know, to get things lined up right pre-snap, but then to, to make those quick reads to know, okay, if I give this one to Pacheco, it's okay. But also we can check this and I can dump it to a tight end who's going to have 15 yards of running room because these linebackers are getting sucked up. So I do think I give the edge to the Chiefs run game. I feel like we're going to have a week of Chiefs offense versus Eagles defense. That's going to be the, a lot of the big conversations. But I do think the run game at least – and we'll see. This might be a game where they run the ball 12 times and we look back and this whole video is wrong. But uh, I do think when they run the ball, they have the edge there. Yeah, and you're talking about Mahomes, and there's going to be a lot of talk about it all week, so we don't have to spend a lot of time right now talking about it before we move on to our next stock up. But the Eagles didn't face a lot of top quarterbacks this year, and it's not their Very fault true. that they went out and absolutely dominated the schedule that they had. I don't think it takes away from what they are as a team. 
But when you talk about the things that Mahomes can do and the way that their secondary is going to have to cover these guys, and I know we'll go right into the, the Chiefs pass game, uh, the other part of the offense that is a stock up for the Chiefs right now. But yeah, right. Not that they haven't faced a guy like Mahomes, but I mean, they faced Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, they faced, faced Dak Prescott a couple of times. But outside of that, I mean, it's New Orleans, yeah. Chicago, Tennessee, Indianapolis. I mean, obviously, Washington being in their division, but like Houston. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Arizona Cardinals, Jacksonville. Like, it's not what some other teams had to face. And that doesn't, again, it's not bulletin board material to say, oh, we're saying they suck. It's just they haven't had to go out and cover guys when a play breaks down the way that they're going to have to against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and I think that will be – that's why you add someone like Hassan Reddick is because of a player like Mahomes, you know, Reddick's versatility – blows my mind that two teams let this guy walk when he was productive in Arizona and Carolina. And he ends up in Philadelphia where he's, you know, fits in so well to that defense. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that is, it's kind of the matchup within the matchup is will be yeah. this Philly secondary has not been tested by a quarterback like Mahomes. The Philly D line has not been tested by, especially an interior offensive line. That's this good. I think San Francisco is, is good on the edges. This interior offensive line, in my opinion, is the best in football. So the, those are the, the matchups that are going to get fun as you, you know, after the excitement wears down. So like late first, early second quarter, maybe yeah. for some of you guys, maybe it'll be that early is, is kind of watching that, you know, how, how well these two teams match up against each other. It's the weaknesses match up and the, the strengths match up. Uh, let's get on to the, the chiefs pass game. So that's a stock yeah. up and, and what Patrick Mahomes was able to do on basically, I know, he ran and there's a couple times we saw him come up a little gimpy and then you could tell it was a little sore. He said after the game that it was sore, but didn't re-aggravate anything, which is the best news uh, to come from yeah. that game is they now have two weeks. So I think he'll be perfectly fine by the time they get to the Super Bowl based on what we saw in one week. He didn't re-aggravate. He's got two more weeks. It should be good. But what he was able to do to your point that you brought up earlier with all those wide receiver injuries and he still threw mm-hmm. for 326 yards, still was able to have a threat of a pass game. And honestly, the run game with him scrambling, which he saved for the perfect time <laughs> at the end of the game with the biggest yeah. part of the game. But right. um, stock up Chiefs pass game. What what surprised you or what's the reason behind that besides the greatest quarterback ever to be throwing the ball? Right. I, I don't know if I'm ready to go quite that far, um, but I do think oh, that this might this might surprise people. But I do think I I think the Chiefs' pass game matches up well with the Eagles' secondary. We have corners who are very good; they're very opportunistic. You know, they are going to jump routes like crazy. I think at safety, uh, Gardner Johnson is one of my favorite players in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Epps is probably your weak link. Every secondary has one. He's a good player, but it, that's probably your weak link. And I hope to God they don't try to put him on Travis Kelsey for the Eagles' sake. So I think it, it goes back to kind of what I said about, like, where the Chiefs are strong, the Eagles are weak. And where the Eagles are strong, the Chiefs are kind of weak, which could make this a really, really fun matchup. But it goes back to every team has struggled with how do you how do you cover Travis Kelsey? No one has an answer. There is not an answer for that, right? So it's more about can you limit him. But I think we've seen Mahomes be so good at – you know, he'll have sneaky 400-yard games or 350-yard games, and it's it's dump-offs. It's giving guys room to run. For me, with the Eagles' corners being so jumpy, so opportunistic, it's going to set up some of those run-after-catch opportunities for these receivers. And I mentioned Jet McKinnon earlier. Every week, this dude comes up big and makes plays in the past game. I think this week will be no different. Yeah, it – it's going to be talked about all week. We don't need to hammer that head because the what Patrick Mahomes can be able to do against his secondary and getting the ball out quickly, all the horizontal motion, all those different things, and everybody kind of guessing. Uh, I'm fascinated to see what Andy Reid comes up with in the passing game. You know, there's going to be something. Same. Yeah. You know, he's going to bring out some play from like the 1920s or something. You got you got, you got the the Rose Bowl parade from like the 40s. Uh, we saw the snow right. globe. There's going to be something. Whether it was going to be team in the Eagles or double not, reverse be a little pass. Something. Yep, it's going to be that one thousand percent will happen. Maybe that's your DraftKings prop bet. Is you know, <laughs> is there a prop bet on what the trick play will be? Because it's coming. Like we both know it's coming. Yeah. All right, and let's get on to our final uh, stock up before we move on to stock down. And this is one that a lot of people have been, you know, giving their flowers and showing love to. Uh, the Chiefs athletic training staff, the medical staff mm-hmm. there, um, not just because of, I mean, over the years we've talked about it with 
you know, Dr. Paul Schreppel. You know, he was the guy who ran out of the field, who reset Mahomes' kneecap in the Denver game. That was about 75 feet away. He's the one who did it so quickly yeah. that Mahomes was able to come back a couple weeks later. He wanted to come back a couple minutes later after it was yeah. reset. They had to go in the locker room and calm him down. But um, Paul Schreppel, obviously on the, the orthopedic or like the, the medical side, but the athletic training staff that Rick Burkholder, the Chiefs Vice President of Sports Performance and Medicine that he leads up, Julie Blemeyer got all of the credit um, for everything that yeah. she did in getting Mahomes ready, but David Glover, Evan Kraft, um, all of these guys that uh, that work back there that that you don't necessarily see, and Tiffany Morton, all these people that you don't see uh, that are so vitally important to what's happening on mm -hmm. the field on a given week, let alone going into a Super Bowl week where nobody's a hundred percent, and then on top <laughs> of that to have so many key players who are injured right now. Willie Gay's working his back uh, way back from stuff. I mean, even Trey Smith and some of these guys that finished the game against the Bengals left at dirt different points, but you got Juju, you've got Kadarius, Tony, the chiefs medical staff and, and Rick Burkholder and his staff, and even Bobby Stroop uh, with what he does with Patrick um, yeah. as well to get these players ready to go. I don't think there's ever been a, a more important time to give flowers and show love to people that, you really only see on game day running out there when somebody's hurt or giving water and all those things, calling them water boys and water girls. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> a not little it. bit that more. A little bit. We more. all do. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, they're, they're the people that, that really make it all work that we probably never give enough credit to, but uh, they're definitely another stock up that you've got for us today. Oh yeah. Big stock up. And not like you're saying, I mean, it's not just the chiefs. It's, you know, the bills medical staff who I think, rightfully started a lot of the awareness toward what these folks do. And, you know, you can look at yeah. to a situation or just how many injuries happen on a given Sunday where the medical staff is so important. So absolutely, you know, to not only to have Patrick to be able to play without having to take a painkilling injection and to play at a high level uh, it, it's there's, it's been all year, I think for this team. And one of my, one of my like go-to sayings over my career has been, it's not always the best team, that wins the Super Bowl. It's usually the healthiest good team that wins the Super Bowl. And we saw that with San Francisco. We saw it with Cincinnati with the offensive line injuries. Being healthy, I mean, y'all have seen it firsthand against Tampa Bay. When you don't have your starting offensive tackles, hard to win a football game, especially against uh, a team that's, that's pretty healthy, playing at a high level. So I think the training staff deserves a ton of credit. I was really happy to see it come out and then give Julie her credit of, hey, this is the person that designed the plan and executed the plan. And the reason that Patrick's playing at such a high level, uh, I think that that speaks to the leadership there too, of someone like Rick Burkholder to say, I can take the credit for this, but it's, it's not me, you know, it's so there, you know, I think he's a good Julie example. Freimeyer also Julie Freimeyer. Yeah. Make sure a lot of name correct. There's a, I, I think that would be a good movement in the NFL to acknowledge these trainers instead of, you know, numbers yeah. come out about the most concussions in a season in a while, it was a scary thing and not, not to mention ACLs and Achilles and hamstrings and fractured pelvises. You know, there's a lot of yeah. really scary stuff going on and, and the training staff, they do an amazing job. And there's probably more to the psychological, and this is going on a different tangent, but I, I you're don't know absolutely will, right though. I, I don't know if people will find this stuff interesting, but they're the athletic trainers spend more time with these players than probably anyone else. And it's not just when they're injured. Right. They do so much preventative stuff that I remember like when Jer Jeremy Macklin was there, I think Tiffany was his person. Like each player has got like a person, like that's my person. They have like four mm -hmm. other trainers. Like we just said, each one of them kind of have different people they work with. They have different specialties on who's really good at an Achilles rehab or whatever it is. But even when they're not hurt, they're doing a lot of, especially the veterans doing a lot of preventative care. And they are sitting, talking with these players. You ever go into that area? It's like a sanctuary of where like those players yes. can talk, they can be free. Those trainers hear more and kind of bounce things off just to keep their mental right. And I know it's not part of their job and in there being like psychology, but they talk so much. They spend so much time around them that a lot of time when we talk about culture of a team and these guys all get along, so much of that also has to do with the people that they're spending so much time around being yep. people that they want to spend a lot of time around. And so that's an, another shout out to Rick and his staff. Uh, of the culture that they've created and and all four of them have been there for years david evan tiffany and julie have been with rick for several years now um that they really created a culture that helps the players feel comfortable that all fits into this huge package of 
you know, there's leadership on this team and everybody's pulling for one another. It also mm-hmm. is set by the people that you don't necessarily see every day. So uh, love giving flowers to Rick and that entire staff. Shout out to them. And like you said, love that Mahomes put it on social media, took a picture of Julie, put it out there. It's like, yep. this is, this, when you see this person on the sideline, they are a hero that you're not talking enough about because mm-hmm. of the amount of work that they put in to get these guys out on the field. And we are going to switch things up and go to our stock down report right after this quick break. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Welcome back to KCS and Update on BJ Kissel. We're hanging out with ESPN's Matt Miller getting his stock up, stock down report. We just did stock up, which is basically the entire Chiefs offense and the <laughs> medical staff there uh, at the Kansas City Chiefs organization and all the phenomenal work they've done to get these guys ready. And they are going to have a spotlight on them for another week or so as they try to get uh, a number of very key players for the Chiefs back uh, from these injuries sustained during the Bengals game. And the fact that it's the end of the year, everybody's banged up to some extent. Not going to get a lot of sympathy, Matt, from the Eagles uh, with Lane no. Johnson being backed up or banged up. We saw playing with a torn groin. Uh, we saw Landon Dickerson at the end of the NFC Championship game have a hyperextended elbow, uh, which is something to keep in mind for it's not even an arguable, inarguably the best offensive line in football uh, from start to finish with the Philadelphia Eagles. But uh, let's move on to the stock down. Uh, Matt that you've got and it's starting up front for the Chiefs um, not something that's unique um, that we haven't talked about this year but right. definitely highlighted by the fact that they're going up against a group that has like 78,000 sacks this year uh, <laughs> and all four starters for the Eagles having double digit sacks this Chiefs offensive line's got their work cut out for them they absolutely do and I, I think more so the edge of the Chiefs offensive line you know I Orlando Brown Jr., you can a tale of two seasons basically this year. Um, I did not think he played particularly well against Cincinnati. And I I think as you and I have talked about off air, I think the Eagles pass rush is better, not just statistically, but I think from a traits perspective, what they bring at you is so different. You know, you're going to get the speed of Reddick and Josh Sweat. You're going to get the power of Javon Hargrave and Brandon Graham, and you're going to get, I mean, and Dominican Sue comes in. Like, he's a backup, guys. Dominican Sue is a backup for this team. They're so deep yeah. and so loaded, and they're so, there's so much variety that you almost, you have to have a plan for every single guy out there. You know, with Cincy, it's like, okay, Hubbard and Hendrickson, they're built very, very similarly. Uh, you know, Osai is really their speed guy. Okay, like, we got three dudes we got to figure out, right? is different here because they're going to move these guys all over the place. And they are, you know, just fantastic players. So I think Orlando Brown Jr., Andrew Wiley, have your Wheaties, do whatever you got to do, <laughs> pack a lunch. It's going to be a long evening for these guys because this pass rush is legit. And I know a lot of people are going to say, it's okay. We have Patrick Mahomes, best in the NFL at evading the pass rush, extending the play. 
all that is true. But we've seen him get hit before. It's not a good thing, especially with the, you know, at least an affected ankle at this point. We'll see how how it looks, you know, in a week. But I do think the pressure offensively is on the tackles right now. It's on Andrew Wiley. It's on Orlando Brown Jr. Yeah, and we talked about this uh, off air, and I know we've talked about it um, on the network since the game against the Bengals, but Andrew Wiley didn't have a lot of help um, in that game. He was kind of put on an island. A lot of the chipping, a lot of the the extra help, per se, along the offensive line was really on the left side helping Orlando Brown uh, Jr. out. So Andrew Wiley um, deserves a lot of credit. And, Matt, I haven't seen anyone break this down, and I apologize if, if somebody out there is listening. Let me know in the comment section. Uh, I'm sure you will. Uh, if somebody has really broken this down yet, but – the play that everybody sees Patrick Mahomes on the final scramble where he runs out of bounds, go back and rewatch that play and see what Andrew Wiley did because he's got at a different point in that play, he's got about six yards of separation between himself and Trey Hendrickson, which for an offensive lineman is a terrifying place to be. Yes. Uh, it when is. There's that you do not want space created. <laughs> right, Defensive right. players want space. And Andrew Wiley not only allows that space to kind of come in, he then hits a moving target with Mahomes scrambling to his side mm-hmm. and makes contact and locks up with Hendrickson that allows Mahomes to scramble outside. You go watch that play from every different angle. There is zero chance Patrick Mahomes is able to scramble, get to a point at which Joseph Asai can hit him out of bounds, get the 15-yard penalty. Andrew Wiley deserves as much credit for that play as Patrick Mahomes did not only because he got his hands on Hendrickson, but because when you really, I don't want to say when you really study this game or you pay attention, but understanding how difficult of a block that is to hit. It's like a screen almost where you're hitting a guy in a moving target, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have momentum. And Wiley doesn't know where Mahomes is. So he's yeah. behind him. And so that play was such a big moment that if we're talking about giving Andrew Wiley flowers and we're talking about you know all these things, that play right there could sum up um, – you know, an MVP type of play. If you're looking for one not obvious thing to point at and go yeah. back and rewatch, watch that the scramble from Mahomes and watch what Angie Wiley did on that play. Uh, it was special. But Matt, let's pivot on to your next stock down report, and that is it. I'll let you clarify what you mean by this one because it could. I don't want to say it and then the people automatically get triggered. Their blood pressure goes Thank through you. the roof. Right. I don't want to set them off, so I'll let you introduce this one. Second one. I'm at chief secondary, but more so the young corners who have played so well, so, so well. We've talked about it all year. I've tweeted about it. I've written about it. You and I have talked about it. This will be, I think, the best test they've had, which is fitting, right? We're in the Super Bowl. It should be. We'll see how Jalen Hurts' shoulder looks. I did not think he threw the ball very well against San Francisco. A lot of times, Devonta Smith bailed him out. There's the catch that really wasn't a catch that bailed him out. A.J. Brown had a great game. But I think the physicality of A.J. Brown is going to be something different than these young corners have really dealt with so far. Obviously, Jamar Chase is fantastic as well. So they, they saw some of that last week. Uh, and then Devonta Smith, who is, one of the, I think, one of the best route runners in football. He's so, so smooth, so agile. It's, it, it presents a lot of different problems. I, I think, obviously, Cincinnati's receiving core is better. But this is – it's deeper, at least – but these two receivers are, they present a lot of problems for a lot of people. And it will be, for me, one of the fun matchups. If I'm circling, okay, where does Kansas City maybe have a disadvantage? It is the corners against these wide receivers. And so much of it, and not to throw, not a wet blanket, but not to, football and defense is so much a team game. And this is going to be an example where I'm going to talk about this all week that it may look like the Chiefs cornerbacks are struggling when they're throwing these intermediate passes across the middle. But it's because the linebacker, how much can the linebackers help when Jalen Hurts' threat of running makes them pause, which then opens up some windows across the middle where the cornerback playing outside leverage feels like he has help across the middle, but some sort of RPO action, some sort of threat of run as Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, hopefully he's out there. I think he'll be okay. Uh, based on what we're hearing, those guys have to pause for a half a second, which creates just enough separation. And you don't need much at this level. And we've seen the advanced analytics that Josh Williams and Trent McDuffie ranked in like the top 12, according to pro football focus in fewest amount of yards of separation given between cornerbacks so far this year. So they are right on guys hips, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter if you have an accurate quarterback and you don't have somebody 
at least making that the, them go from like the B window to the C window to deliver that football across the middle, those that space opens up a little bit more. So again, it might look like, Hey, the chiefs corners are getting burned or why aren't they making a play? And then you go back and watch it, watch the manipulation of why the linebackers might not be in a window that they're supposed to be in because of the threat that the chiefs haven't really faced anybody like that lately. Joe Burrow ain't going to get out and run in that kind of way. And so in Jalen hurts, that's the one thing that really scares me in this game is his ability to run. And if he starts doing that, it's going to open things up for the passing game. Well, not even, I mean, great point about the linebackers, but the safeties as well. And we see a lot of teams try to combat the Eagles by bringing the safeties down. San Francisco did it because they were, I mean, they were worried. And they had them, had them corralled until they didn't. And then it was big play, big play, big play. So that will be, I I, I agree with you. You're absolutely right. To see how much Philly can get the RPO game working is going to start bringing everybody up. And it's going to start making everybody just lean on their toes a little bit when, and that's boop over the top is when that happens. Yep. So, man, I'm so excited for this game as like a, a non-fan of either team, but such a fan of what they do. I, I can't wait to, to watch and see how the coaches attack and the quarterbacks are both so smart and mm-hmm. so talented. Like it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. I, I just love that both groups are probably thinking, I want to attack the second level of this defense. And from a play right. calling chess match standpoint, that's the most beautiful matchup that you can have is trying to right. manipulate that second level. Cause the back end will shell, will do what they need to. You talk about bringing a safety down. Then you think, well, shit, they're going to give Devonta Smith a couple opportunities on some deep shots. Yep. And those safeties have to be there. So uh, I got to get their week. head around and yeah, yeah. it, it, it got to figure out a way to, to trick them, make them hold on to the football. But then the problem with, with Jalen hurts is he can tuck it and run. And so, right. You're not going to end up with five sacks in this game. I'm sorry. As much as I want no, Frank Clark, not. as much as I still want Frank Clark yeah. to break Willie McGinnis' record and be the all-time leading uh, sack player in you know NFL postseason history, it would take a heroic performance to have three sacks uh, by one player in this game against the Eagles. But um, it'd be heroic but- for the team to have three sacks this week. You know, I mean, it's that would be a great game if if Kansas City has three sacks on Jalen Hurts, you're probably winning. That's, that's a, a good, a good spot to be in. I have a bet that I brought up on our live show, Matt, that if Frank Clark gets at least two and a half sacks and at least ties Willie McGinnis and the Chiefs win, um, that I'd wear a shark costume on a podcast next week. Got to do it. So make it. Monday. It was gonna. It was if they broke it <laughs> at the AFC title game, I was gonna wear a shark costume and jump into the the pond there outside of the Venetian uh, in Vegas, where we were. Is that allowed? Swim. You like think that hasn't legal. happened before? Right? We saw a guy swimming in the Luxor pool, like inside the casino, about seven thirty at night. Some dude, fully dressed, was laying in the water and got out. At least and then he was started dressed, walking. you know. And honest to God, like Tucker walks by. Tucker had been at Vegas for the second time. Went last year. This is the second time he'd ever been there. Uh, he just kind of stares at us, like, "What the hell?" And I was just like, "What do you? What you guys get Vegas, me into? Vegas, Vegas, like, baby, it's Vegas." There's a place that you're going to see people swimming in. Uh, couldn't even call it a pool, like just giant fountain. Like right. it's only like a foot and a half deep, and they do just yeah. he needed to cool off, and uh, that's that what he was doing. But, there. but yeah, you're not saying that the Chiefs' secondary is a stock down. You're just saying for this matchup, there is going yep. to be a lot of stress put on those dudes, knowing right. that some of that help across the middle and those safeties, they've got a lot of other things to worry about that is beyond just the passing game, and that puts a lot of a lot of stress. Um, a lot of stress, the leverages, yep. all those types of things. Uh, it's going to to need their best performance. And at this point, you know, it's cliche. They're not rookies anymore. They have so much right. experience. Um, our guy, Joseph Hefner, um, does our sports data um, scientist guy, uh, charts it every week. The Chiefs had the seventh most snaps played by rookies of any team in the NFL this year. And that's a team that won the AFC, is going to a Super Bowl. And over the last two years, had the fourth most snaps played by drafted Wow rookies or first year players. And that's a testament to Brett Veach. And you and I have talked about Brett probably every week on this show, what we've seen from those guys. We're fans. Uh, We're fans. Yes. Let's get back to some negative stuff, Matt, because this is the negative section of this show. And that is stock down. Um, Give us a shout out if you're heading out there, but the early returns on what's going on down in Arizona, not only with the hoopla and everything that goes in with a Super Bowl, you and I have both been to these before the way that these just shut down cities and we're talking major major cities cities, uh, with all of the different activations and 
it just in Houston, they closed off like the entire downtown area. Uh, we'll see what happens with Phoenix, but not just the Super Bowl in Phoenix. They're dealing with the Waste Management Open, which is a humongous golf tournament. So stock down, little tongue in cheek. Phoenix hotels and people traveling down there. So safe travels. Everybody in Chiefs Kingdom headed down there, Matt. But I would not envy, you know, somebody like having like a a wedding, like a bachelorette right. party. Like we're going to Arizona and you pick this week to do it. Probably a horrible time. Uh, it's like the video. Do you remember when there. the draft was in Nashville and there were all the bachelorettes <laughs> yeah. that were so pissed? It's like we came here for a bachelorette party and it's the NFL <laughs> draft. Check your calendar, number one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. stock down Phoenix hotels, stock down you know, beer distributors in the Valley. I mean, it's going to be a tough week because Waste Management Open gets after it. I know some folks who are trying to do both. They're trying to hit, like, Waste Management Thursday and then start doing, like, Chiefs tailgates Friday, Saturday, game Sunday. Number one, I don't know what they do for a living because I can't even afford to do all that. Uh, I don't know. I, they work for the mafia or they're – they have a wolf costume and they're stopping at every bank on the way between here and, and Phoenix. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's, I've been to Phoenix for a Super Bowl. It was, it was fun. I believe it was Patriot Seahawks, the Malcolm Butler interception in the end zone. I think that was yep. Phoenix. Um, good time. We went to some amazing restaurants. First time in my life I ever had Pappy Van Winkle bourbon, but mm. it was a nightmare then. And that was like eight years ago and there was no golf tournament that week. So I can't imagine what traffic's going to be like. Uh, the, and the stadium, as you guys know, is not in Phoenix. It is in Glendale, which is yep. 30 minutes away from Phoenix. And there's like one road that takes you there. So happy yep. to sit this one out and let some other fine, talented folks cover this Super Bowl. I'll be in Joplin watching it on the big screen. Uh, but it is, it's going to be a nightmare out there in a good way. Like I, it, I think it would be fun. I'm too old for that kind of fun these days, but uh, yeah. I think if you can swing the eight grand for the ticket and the, I've heard hotels are impossible as well. Yeah. We, we thought about going down. Uh, We're not going to go down there at KC sports network. We would just spend a week in Vegas and we all want to see our family. So we're not going to do a watch party. We're going to do a post game show uh, remotely um, after the Super Bowl. We'll all be at our houses with our friends and family hanging out. Uh, Need that time. Uh, But shout out to everybody who's headed down there. Um, But I think tickets now and then we're like, 10k so if you want a ticket awesome you know you win the the lottery and if if you've got that kind of disposable income congrats i happy for you like congratulations enjoy the hell out of it should be a memorable experience hopefully let's come back and uh and get things ready for a parade and you know and go down there and and take care of it in that way but um yeah going down golf term yeah i'm too old to do all of those things but if you are headed down (laughs) you know in the desert no i'm good if you all want to do it like you know, somewhere where it's like 60, 65, let me know. These use if San Diego had a stadium worth the damn, like just to put the Super Bowl down there every year. You don't have to worry about the weather. It's 60 right. and sunny every day and it rains maybe once South a Beach was pretty good. I would ha- happily go back to Miami for a Super Bowl right now. South Beach was great if you weren't there all week because speaking I of was one, there all week. <laughs> speaking of what yeah, but I don't know where you were staying, but like speaking of one road. That will take you actually into South Beach. I spent more time in a Uber that week I than leave. I did anywhere else. Just hours going. I like drove four into miles. South Beach from Mobile, and I didn't leave South Beach until I had to start doing events on like Friday. So I yeah, sat on the that, beach, man. The team was up north. I was staying down in South Beach, which was awesome. He's like, oh, we're staying on the beach. He's like, no, I need to be where the media and the team is. And so I just kept yeah. going 15 miles north, which would take four or five hours each way on different days yeah. down there. That's not even being sarcastic. Like, sat, I took a picture on the beach. Like, this is what you think I'm doing. And then I took a picture of me with my laptop sitting in a taxi or an Uber. Right. I'm like, this is what it actually is uh, to come and cover this. But uh, yeah, Glendale, the one thing I remember about that as well, if you're heading out there, is that the airport is a solid 45 minutes away from the stadium, yep. which can annoy a lot of people. It's very similar to Kansas City in that kind of way, not quite that far. Um, but I loved it because post-game, trying to get my article done before we hop on that plane and lose Wi-Fi, um, I had 45 minutes to get my written story done, where mm-hmm. it's not always the case in some places. All right, people don't care about this. What they care about, Matt, is your prediction for this game, and we're going to get oh, it man. right after this quick break. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. 
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Welcome back to KCS and Update. I'm BJ Kissel, hanging out with ESPN's Matt Miller. We've done stock up. Talking Chiefs offense, talking Chiefs medical staff. We've talked stock down. Paraphrase. Make sure to go listen to that section if you're just somehow scrub, scrubbed all the way down here because there's some context even needed there. But uh, Chiefs tackles uh, and what they're going to be dealing with uh, with this uh, ferocious uh, Eagles pass rush. Uh, the young secondary and the, the challenge that they're going to be faced with in this one. And then talking Phoenix Hotels. And just the logistics of not just the NFL world, but the waste management golf open, the everybody that's going to be there for that also stock down. So now, Matt, it is our time to put you on the spot. You get to do it first every week as we have a different KCS and update every no pressure. week. And it, there's no pressure because last week, I'm pretty sure everyone we had on picked the Bengals. And that was everybody from Brett Coleman to Nate Taylor picked the Bengals. And I did not let Nate forget that when we recorded after the game. Uh, to Trevor Sikama, uh, everybody picked yeah. the Bengals to win that game. So choose at your, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but choose at your discretion. Choose what do wisely. You gonna, uh, yeah. Choose wisely. What do you think is going to happen? Chiefs and Eagles, Super Bowl 57. I think that experience matters, BJ. And obviously the Eagles were in a Super Bowl five years ago, six years ago. It's a completely different team now. I think uh, knowing the pacing of the game, you like we were talking about, we've both covered Super Bowls. The pacing is completely different. Um, mm. I, I've heard so many players say they were so worn out at halftime because they came out and they were so amped up. They, they, they you know, used it all up in pregame. And by the time yep. the game got there, they had nothing left. So I think the experience matters. And I think that I'm to the point with Patrick Mahomes, much like I got to a point in my career with Tom Brady where I just don't pick against him in the Super Bowl, And I was right seven out of uh, 10 times with Tom Brady by deploying this strategy. So I'm going to take Mahomes and the chiefs. I said, 27, 24. I do think it'll be a close game, lower scoring than we're expecting. Uh, but I, I do think chiefs win and get that second Super Bowl ring for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. You just can make everybody sweat it out. So I think the over under, I think it said 50 and a half. So 27, 24 would just be right at that. I actually line. didn't know that. You're so right. That's, yeah. Close. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how you can look at these two teams and not think that it's going to not be a close game uh, just yeah. in the way that they're both built. But I like what you said about experience. And I know that coach Reed was asked about it. Um, all the beat writers have gone through this for the chiefs. I mean, it's third time in four years. They've gone to the super bowl. Mm -hmm. Although the Tampa Bay one, just a little bit different because of COVID they didn't have as many right. of the distractions and the media things. Um, going on with all the activations and everybody around as much as they will this year. Uh, but I really like the way that Andy Reid kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, they went through their whole game plan. They did a regular week as if they were playing on Sunday this past week. They went through their normal game prep, everything. So then when they travel, which I think they were leaving today, we're recording this on Sunday afternoon, yeah. they were leaving today um, based on some social media pictures going down there. And then it's just kind of reviewing everything that they had kind of mm -hmm. installed this past week. They're not trying to install or really get into things this coming week because it is such a circus. And I don't know what other word you can use unless you've been there. No, that's right. You yeah. see all the things that the players are asked to do, like the media night stuff. And it's just, you, it's so much fun. And you get so caught up into it that I think coach Reed and them know, like it's really hard to do all of that and then mentally change and learn your game plan and something new. And so they install it the way that they normally do. They come down and they just kind of review it throughout the week and they study with their groups and they've got their, um, the coaches have their offices. Mm -hmm. They have all the different things that they do uh, to, to watch film and, you know, tendencies and, um, you know, studying film, trying to find tells and all those kinds of things. But uh, I love the way they handle it. And, you know, as good as Nick Sirianni and all those coaches are, they hadn't gone through this in this kind of way with this group. Right. Eagles were there before. It was Doug Peterson who obviously knew how to handle this. Not that Nick Sirianni doesn't. He can't figure out what other people do. But until you've experienced it um, as a coach or a player, you don't really realize how you get 
how much you get caught up into it. And I, Matt, you and I have talked about this off camera a lot because, you know, I was a fan who got a dream job, got to run around and see behind the scenes of what that looked like. And I got caught up into stuff where people ask me, I had more fun at the parade than I did at the actual game when they won. Not that it yeah. wasn't fun, but there's just so many things going on. Even like the halftime, you're talking about halftime, halftime's longer and they've got all these yeah. things going on that you walk out on the field, the amount of media, like you can't move. There's so many photographers and so many people along the sidelines that you can't help, but understand how different everything is when you step on that field. And so to eliminate those distractions and try to keep it as, as normal as possible for what your normal routine is, that's what Andy Reid will be able to do and get these guys thinking it's just another football game, the way that they approach it. And then once they get yeah. there, they're kind of like, Oh shit, like this is, this is different. And I'm, I'm yep. excited to see the young players get to experience that. But sometimes it is hard to remember. It's just a football game. Right. And I mean, I've heard people say, once you get that first hit, you're good. You, you kind of, okay, yeah. well, we're just, this is like you said, it's just football, but uh, I do think that matters, even for the players, you know, to have gone through the the ticket request and the media request yeah. and the, you know, just all the, all the stuff that, that is around this game. This is, yeah. they, they've, they've dealt with it now, especially Mahomes has dealt with it. Kelsey's dealt with it. You know, your, your core players, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, your leaders have dealt with this. So I, I think that makes things a little bit easier. Yeah. And you know, you talk about, I mean, you do a whole podcast on that side and have players. I mean, Mike DeVito and, uh, didn't have a chance to experience this, but on the show last week, Mike DeVito and Jeff Allen on KC Sports Network on their one-on-one show, DeVito was asking Jeff Allen like what that's like because DeVito went to back-to-back AFC Championship games with the Jets and mm-hmm. they lost them both. And he was asking Jeff like, what is it like as a player, not just on the field stuff? And Jeff was talking about the ticket requests from your family, like your immediate family and then your extended family. And you only get so many tickets. So then you're having to deal with these people asking for things that you can't give to them. And then you feel bad because, you know, your best friend or your so-and-so wants to come and support you. And it might be your guy, but you don't have tickets. And so even those kinds of things that you just don't think about from the outside, these players are dealing with. And so luckily uh, there's some veterans and guys like Travis Kelsey that would have no problem talking with the young guys being like, this is how you handle this. Here's this how, you do, how it. you do it. Yep. Yeah. This is what you do. You, you're not going to make everybody happy and you can't, and you have to focus on football. And that's why coach Reed talks about with Tammy, his wife, like she is in charge of all of that stuff. They know to yep. go through him, just leave coach alone. He's not going to deal with any of that stuff. So they know what they're doing. It's going to be fun. We appreciate everybody for hanging out, Matt, final words, final thoughts on this matchup before we let everybody go. Man, I'm excited. I don't, I, you know, like I said, not a fan of either team necessarily. I'm just excited to see what happens and see, is it Mahomes getting his second ring? Is it Andy getting his second ring? Or is it, you know, maybe the start of a Jalen Hurts run in the NFC? So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, buddy. All right. Make sure if you're heading down to Arizona, go check out the Lot J tailgating group. They've got Tech Nine performing. They've got all kinds of stuff. They've got all-inclusive food and drink, and they got a lot of stuff going on. So if you were a Chiefs fan and you haven't seen it yet, go check out our social media page at KC Sports Network. We've got everything promoted. You can go to chopituptravel.com and find those packages. But uh, it's pretty cool when groups like Lot J, and they do a phenomenal job out at Arrowhead. Matt, yes, I know you've been do. up there a yes, lot. I've been there a couple do. of times. Yep. I am making it a point to be out there next year to hang out with everybody because it looks like a lot of fun. And the fact that all of Chiefs Kingdom can get together uh, in the days leading up to the game and day of the game, have Tech Nine come out. I'm sure I'll sing Red Kingdom. Uh, get everybody fired up for that game. Once or uh, twice. The way that they should be. Yes. And everybody will be singing along, become kind of an anthem. They do a lot of cool stuff and uh, should be a good time. We appreciate everybody for hanging out on this episode. Again, we'll have plenty of content getting you ready for Chiefs and Eagles for Super Bowl 57. Hit that like and subscribe. Follow us on your favorite platforms. And we'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.